Home is where your journey begins, but every path starts with the real estate deal. And our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, is here to make sure you find and buy that home. Not only that, but Kevin Lawton is here to give you tips on buying, selling, renting, or investing in property. Even help you buy a house in the Mercer and Burlington County areas. The real estate deal is underwritten by Gateway Mortgage. Mortgage plus technology makes your path to the happiness of owning a home easy. And Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker Schiavone and Associates. Now let's get the keys to your new home and go step by step through the real estate process with our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. One zero seven seven the Bronx, one zero seven seven the Bronx dot com, live from the Clarney's Public House Studios. You're listening to the Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington County. As always, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA, on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin underscore Lawton, that's L-A-W-T-O-N, or you can email me at kevin.lawton at coldwellbanker.com. Um, so welcome to the show. Uh, we have a new episode of the real estate deal this week. Um, so I'm going to check in with you guys and let you know what's going on uh, with me in terms of real estate. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some different real estate topics as well. Um, so I do want to point out actually before I start. So some of you guys know, if you've been listening for a while, I have a son. And um, so this past week, I actually spent a day with him in Thomas land in Massachusetts. Um, so I just wanted to point out that if you guys have kids that are really really into um thomas the train um this is like the mecca of thomas the train um it's a theme park i think there's one out by pittsburgh too as well it's a little further drive for me than massachusetts was but um it's at this place called edaville in carver massachusetts and it's uh it's like officially registered or officially sponsored by thomas the train um brand and stuff so everything is like the real deal thomas the train and uh very very cool um so definitely if you have kids that are into thomas check it out um they would love it my son went crazy this is actually our third time there um and he is a big big thomas obsessed fan so but the one thing um that i did notice when i was up there so we had talked a little bit about um especially in our area like the northeast here and massachusetts obviously is in the northeast um so you know we talked uh, a couple of shows ago on older homes and how older homes are kind of staying around longer and newer homes are not necessarily replacing them as much um, quickly enough to keep up so older homes are kind of outliving their um, expected life um, and kind of being in that area um, the area is right around uh, Plymouth Massachusetts it kind of saw you know there's like a lot of older homes there smaller older homes um, and if you think about it, you know, that's right around uh, Plymouth and that's kind of where, you know, the pilgrims settled and stuff around that area. So, you know, a lot of the homes there are a lot older and I was just looking around and thinking about, you know, the statistics that we had talked about um, in that article. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, thinking that, you know, there is really a lot of old homes, especially in our area um, in the Northeast, because we were the first area that was settled really. So, you know, we got older homes and if you go further west, homes are newer. but I think it's really something to think about and maybe there's an opportunity there um, if anybody's thinking about development in some type of way um, you know there may be some opportunity there to be interesting to see uh, how living situations and where people live kind of shift based on that because at some point you know these old homes uh, like they keep going people keep you know rehabilitating them and uh, redoing foundations and stuff to make them 
stay um and don't get me wrong i love old houses and i love the character and the way they are um and new houses you know they're just not the same but at some point it's going to be dangerous to be in some of these houses and at some point there's going to be some type of shift in living um to get away from these old houses because they're just not usable anymore or functionable um so It'll be interesting to see how that works and it'll see it'll be interesting to see if populations shift to different areas, maybe because different areas that are not necessarily um, consumed with residences um, may start to get consumed for newer development um, as people are staying still in these older homes um, and older homes are not necessarily getting taken down or um, freeing up. Uh, land for newer homes so it'll be interesting to see what happens so it was just a little something i was thinking when i was uh driving around up there and uh listening to uh thomas the train sound uh music in my car as well as we're driving to the park um so definitely would recommend it um if you have kids um that are into thomas um so uh, I mentioned last week that we are 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com is doing the Bronx Rewind again this year. Uh, so last summer we did the Bronx Rewind or not we, I didn't really do it, um, but the Bronx did it. And the Bronx Rewind is basically they take the weekend programming, they take the new episode from that weekend, and then they encore it uh, one morning during the week on a weekday. Um, so this is going to be starting this week. So you're hearing this, if you're listening on Sunday, um, you're hearing this for the first time. Um, but if you're listening on Wednesday at 9 a.m., then you're wondering, you know, why are you hearing this? Because you don't usually hear this Wednesday at 9 a.m. Um, that's why, because we're doing the Bronx Rewind. So uh, each uh, weekend show is going to have its own time slot during the week. And the real estate deal, our show, uh, is now on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. The Encore episode will still be airing Sundays as well at 10 a.m. Um, so if you miss something, uh, you're busy on Sunday, you're at the beach, um, or traveling back from the beach or doing whatever it is you may do during the summer on the weekends, um, you're not by the radio, can't listen, um, then you can definitely check us out, uh, during the week on Wednesdays at 9am. And of course you can always go to 1077thebronc.com, head to the real estate deal page and check out the audio archives. Every episode of the real estate deal that we have ever done is there and you can listen as much as you want. Um, and actually, you know, it'd be interesting. Interesting. I would say don't listen to the first couple episodes because they sound very amateur because I was just starting and now I sound totally different. I sound better. Um, probably not the best, but I sound better, I think. So definitely um, check those out. And if you're just tuning in for the first time because you're listening on Wednesday, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the real estate deal. Um, we talk about all things real estate. Um, we try to help you get educated as a consumer and get some more knowledge on the real estate transaction process uh, and try to prepare you for uh, that next real estate transaction that you might do, whether it's buying, selling, investing, um, renting, or becoming a landlord. Um, all those types of things, even uh, some homeowner tips as well um, to help you improve your property and uh, increase your equity in the property as well. Um, so definitely, and if you want to check out older episodes, of course, go 1077thebronc.com, like I just mentioned, under the real estate deal page and go to the audio archives. So last week, what did we talk about last week? Last week we talked about, so we were talking about um, my listing that I had in Bordentown that's under contract within three days we had an offer um, really spectacular and a little surprising but very very happy uh, myself very happy of course and um, seller very happy too um, so one thing we had talked about was how you know she made some little changes in the house since the last time she had it listed where the last time we had it listed we got 
no offers. And she made some little changes here and there, paint color, redid the kitchen. Um, not a huge kitchen redo. Um, she did do the kitchen, like the cabinets, floors, appliances, but she has a smaller kitchen. So not like a huge, huge deal. Um, but made a totally different impact on the house, totally different feel, um, and that made a huge difference, and I think it paid off. Um, like I said, we got an offer in um, within three days of it being listed. Um, we were supposed to have an open house, didn't even have an open house because we were already under contract, um, and the price is very, very close to list price. Um, obviously, I can't say what it was, how close it was, but I'll say it's very close. Um, so every party definitely very happy. Um, so what we talked about last week was small changes now that you can do outside of the house to increase your curb appeal. Um, so some of those things we talked about were like get rid of overgrowth, lighting the pathway, painting your front door, changing out your um, hardware, um, and making house numbers like a design feature um, instead of just some stickers, um, different types of things like that. Um, and you could check it out um, by listening to the show from last week. Uh, we also touched on some Mercer County and Burlington County stats as well. Um, so you can check that episode out to hear those, or you can go to my Facebook at facebook.com slash CBSA for more information on the stats and also an article uh, regarding those curb appeal enhancements. Um, so I want to give you a brief update on my current transactions that are going on. So like I just said, my listing is under contract. Um, we just had the inspection this past week. So now we are in the phase of uh, figuring out what comes up in the inspection report. And then um, if any negotiations are needed, we'll go from there. Um, so at this point in the transaction, to keep you guys kind of in the loop and kind of a refresher, um, so we've moved from attorney review, attorney review closed, so everybody's into an agreement, we have a solidified contract, and now we move into the inspection period. So once attorney review closes, uh, we then have a time period, it's either allotted by the standard form contract or the attorneys change it up a little bit. Um, and in that time, the buyer has the ability to do any type of inspection they want or any type of inspection that's noted in the contract. Um, so that's what they've done this past week. And now, um, based on the inspection report, uh, we'll see if the buyer wants to uh, have anything repaired or corrected. If there's any major issues, um, sounding like we haven't gotten the report yet, but it's sounding like there aren't any major issues, which is really, really good news um, for both sides. Um, so we'll definitely see how that goes and then, you know, I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes as well. Um, if you guys have any questions about inspections or anything like that, um, we do have a great episode with Carlo Vitali of Vitali Inspections um, in the audio archives. Or you could email me, kevin.lawin.coldwellbanker.com um, to ask me your question. Um, so that's kind of the update right now. Um, the other transaction I have going on, we're still in attorney review, so doing some different negotiations. So... Um, not much of an update there, um, but definitely should have some more of an update by next week, and I'll definitely fill you guys in on that. Uh, so we're going to jump into our first break of the day. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Coldwell Banker Schiavone and & Associates, and then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. One zero seven seven The Bronx. One zero seven seven The Bronx. Dot com. Live from the Clarney's Public House Studios. Welcome back to the real estate deal. 
I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both both Mercer and Burlington counties. As always, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Uh, you can also check out the real estate deal on Facebook. Just search for the real estate deal um, and you will find us. Um, so check us out on Facebook and you can find out more about the show, uh, more about real estate happenings in my world, um, and also updates on new listings for the office, um, new listings for myself, and different articles that we discuss on um, the real estate deal show. Uh, so welcome back. And we're going to talk a little bit about multi-generational housing. Um, so you know, it's no secret that with the new um, demographic, like millennials, they've been moving back home after school um, because of debt and um, things of that nature and not being able to find a job. But we're seeing that, you know, that multi-generational housing situation where you have multiple generations living together in one house. Um, the demand for that is on the rise in a big way. Um, so it's becoming, it's not something that I guess was just kind of a phase in um, the economy. It's something that's sticking. Um, so actually a survey that was taken of uh, people that are looking to buy uh, right now, 41% of them are actually considering housing for either an elderly parent that they care for um, or an adult child. So meaning, you know, an, an adult child, like uh, someone that's just graduated college or something and is going to be staying with their parents for a while. So um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'll say there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, you know, I think it's very interesting um, because it's kind of a shift in living dynamics. Because if you look at America and you look at, you know, your neighborhood that surrounds you. So the majority of homes, they're single family. So, you know, how do you kind of accommodate this as a seller and how does the housing market in general accommodate this because when you're talking about multi-generational a lot of times especially when you're looking at housing like elderly parents um, or elderly relatives whatever they may be the connection um, that you care for or that are just you know don't want to take on the financial burden of um, putting them in some type of assisted living or different type of elderly living um, they want to save on that money. And a lot of times what we're seeing too now is that um, based on this article that I was reading from um, Realtor Magazine, the, basically these elderly people, they're not necessarily desiring as much the life on the golf course or the life in the you know gated community as much anymore. They're wanting to be closer to their children and then closer to their grandkids as well. So a lot of times what comes into play is this multi-generational uh, living situation. So whereas they're living in um, the house with their kids and then the grandkids as well. Um, and a lot of times that works out um, for the family dynamic too because you know the grandparents end up becoming um, babysitters, I guess, while the two parents work and they watch the kids, grandkids. Um, so it's becoming more of a desire and it looks like it's you know here to stay um so it's definitely something that i think is interesting because when we talk about you know single family so when we look at these housing situations what these people are looking for is typically what you see on what would be on a listing um as an in-law suite um and so you know sometimes maybe when we think about multi-generational living we're thinking about you know oh there's just um, an extra bedroom like on the first floor 
But really, when we look into this and the 41% of people um, that are looking for this, that are considering right now, um, they are looking for like a true in-law suite. Um, and a true in-law suite is basically, it's almost like an apartment attached to the house. And sometimes you can see where an in-law suite is not necessarily attached to the house, but it's on the property. So maybe um, it may be like above a separate garage or above like a separate barn, like a loft space, um, or maybe like a separate structure altogether on the property. Um, but you know, typically this includes a living room area, uh, a kitchen, separate kitchen and separate bedroom, bathroom. Um, and you know, it's definitely on the rise and you see a lot of, um, new homes, especially custom built homes that are adding this in. And I know that you know, I've been looking as, you know, I show buyers homes. Um, we've been seeing more of this feature. And sometimes, you know, when with buyers, they don't necessarily um, think that they're looking for this. But then, um, like I had one client that I worked with and there were a couple. And, you know, the husband was saying that, oh, you know, like we need, you know, we just need a first floor bedroom um, for my mom because she comes to visit a lot. Then we started looking and we started seeing houses where there was a first floor bedroom, but then there was also an additional kitchen, separate kind of living area. Um, and so that wasn't necessarily um, something that they were after in the beginning. They were just looking for the extra bedroom um, on the first floor. Um, but when it came down to it, they ended up buying a house that had this full in-law suite with a separate kitchen, everything like that, because they looked at it as, you know, at some point, I guess maybe the mother would be actually moving in with them because, you know, she gets older and uh, she won't be able to necessarily care for herself. And they'd rather keep her close than, you know, having her go to some type of assisted living facility um, or something like that. So, so it's really something I think that's attracting more buyers because, you know, people, you know, people are living longer. Um, the further we get in our history of our uh, world, the more technology and medicine advances and the longer people live. Um, so we're seeing where, you know, people are taking that into account. Um, and also, you know, we look at now, not necessarily everybody is set up financially as they retire and get out of the workforce um, to be able to afford that separate uh, living arrangement. Um, and pay for that extra care. So having them under the same roof and then having that responsibility of just the one property uh, reduces the financial burden or reduces the cost. Um, so it works out to be better. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people are doing that. I know like even, uh, even my father, he custom built his house. And when he built it, um, he didn't put in like a full in-law suite, but he built um, a full bathroom on the first floor and we have this extra room which right now is like a rec room slash office um, but it is built so that it can be converted into a bedroom so when he I guess ages and gets to that point where maybe he can't do stairs if that ever comes hopefully it doesn't um, but if it ever does it's planned out and it's there so even um, you know the home builder Lennar um, they actually uh, have begun to offer um, what they call two homes under one roof. Um, so they're actually developing new developments. Um, they have a model that has this type of living situation already. 
and I think they're I think I read that they've rolled it out to like 13 states so far so this is definitely something that's um, I think is going to increase in popularity more um, especially as you know you look at some uh, situations where you know people want to be closer I think now and families are closer and you know because parents and grandparents they're living longer um, you have more time with them um, so you want to kind of keep those generations together um, and keep the family together so I think you know one thing if you're a homeowner now and you're thinking about you know doing some renovations or looking at your property and saying you know what can I do to maybe improve um, the desirability for my house and down the road when I sell. Um, you know, one of the things to look at is, you know, how can you possibly get maybe a first floor bedroom in there? So, I mean, whether it's, you know, with the idea of selling in the future or the idea of staying there, I think that looking at that potential um, can definitely be something down the road that'll pay off because I think it's something that buyers are out there looking for now. And it may not, you may not be able to squeeze out a full in-law suite in your space, but at least if you have a separate room um, that you can kind of turn into a bedroom at some point. So maybe you don't use it as a bedroom now, maybe you use it as an office or something, but you know, legal bedrooms, you need to have closet, eat, and some way to escape if there's a fire or something, right? So, so you can't just throw a room in a basement and say, uh, that's a bedroom, that doesn't work. But if you have this extra room, um, you know, it may be as simple as just adding a closet to it. And if you can do something like that, then I think it could really pay off in the end because when you go to sell that house, then you can market that as a first floor bedroom and it can definitely be used as one as well. Um, so I think it's really something to think about and something I'll definitely be watching over the coming years um, and definitely be probably be dealing with as well as buyers come along. Um, and they're looking for that type of situation. Um, I know it can be very interesting. I've seen some very um, unique setups um, for in-law suites and custom-built homes in our area. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how those evolve as well and how people kind of tackle those and build those into the houses that they're now building. Um, so we're gonna jump into our second break of the day. Uh, we're gonna hear from, from our underwriters again, Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Toto, we're home. So click your heels three times, because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. One zero seven seven the Bronx, one zero seven seven the Bronx.com, live from the Clarney's Public House Studios. Welcome back to the Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. As always, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/kevinlawtoncbsa. On Twitter and Instagram at Kevin underscore Lawton. That's L-A-W-T-O-N or email me at kevin.lawton at coldwellbanker.com. I'll also be posting more information about the topics we discussed on today's show on my Facebook, um, so you can head over there after the show and check out um, those articles and see more of the information um, that I was discussing too. And of course, if you have any questions about it, any further questions, feel free to reach out to me um, through my email at kevin.lawton at coldwellbanker.com. I'd be happy to answer them and also discuss them on the show for other listeners too. Um, so we just talked about multi-generational living and we kind of ended off with a little bit of uh, renovating tips possibly for 
thinking about adding a first floor bedroom. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, flips. So a lot of you know a lot of stuff that we talk about, and especially now, I think that you know the real estate market and home ownership is so um, entwined and influenced with like uh, HGTV and DIY network and all those different types of shows um, that, you know, before like house flipping was kind of a thing. And then all of a sudden all these shows came on about house flipping and it became this huge thing because, you know, TV made it look very easy um, because, you know, they're redoing an entire house in like a half hour. Uh, which is not, you know, the real case, but it got a lot of people interested in house flipping. Um, so, you know, there's been this whole, I guess, uh, separate uh, economy and business of house flipping that's been going on in the country. And, you know, it's been pretty prosperous for the people that were doing it for a long time. Um, but now actually we're seeing where flips are kind of going the opposite way. Um, and they're ending up sitting on the market longer and actually um, flippers are experiencing more losses now um, than since I think like 2002, the article said so. So it's getting kind of going the opposite way and taking a different turn um, than what we've been seeing over the past years. And, you know, I would say that like, you know, for flippers, I think that, you know, while they were building a business and, um, you know, taking kind of, uh, what's it, taking advantage is not the right, word to say, but they were, um, I guess, seizing the opportunity of what was happening in the housing market, um, being that, you know, we tanked back in 2008, and then all of a sudden in the past couple of years, prices have started to rise more and get more to a higher level, um, so able to get those properties, and then we had all the foreclosures and everything, so properties were getting um, scooped up for cheap um, and then redone and flipping and I think that you know even though sometimes you know flippers um, may get a bad reputation some because they don't necessarily do the job correctly um, for those that are doing the work the proper way and doing it like I think they're doing a great service for the market itself because they're taking these houses that otherwise would be not so desirable um, and then renovating them, bringing them up to date um, and making them more desirable for the market. Um, so you think about it, you know, these houses, if there was not such a thing as a flip, right? Um, nobody would, you know, the house would sit on the market longer. The house would possibly be vacant. It was foreclosure or something like that um, or abandoned and you know, bring the neighborhood value down because um, vacant properties tend to do that because people don't want to necessarily live by vacant properties because, um, you know, there's concern that, you know, things could happen in the property. Um, property maybe is not the best maintained because nobody's living there. Um, and, you know, houses, after they sit for a long time, sometimes it can be a health issue with mold and different things like that. So um, so they're definitely, I would say, doing a service for the market because they're taking those houses and making them better again and making people want them and want to live in them and keeping um, houses on the market um, and bringing fresh inventory as well, an inventory that's good for the most part. Um, so, but now what they're running into is, so we talked in the beginning of the year about what we were expecting this year and that sale prices are not necessarily going to be increasing at the rate that we've been seeing the past two years. So sale prices 
are kind of staying a little flat and they're rising slowly um, through the year. Um, so that's taking a toll on flips, definitely. Um, so they're ending up, the houses are sitting on the market longer because buyers are now becoming slower to make a decision um, because prices are not going as crazy and we're kind of, supply is meeting up with demand a little more. So the buyers have a little more power and leverage, I guess, in terms of not having to move to make a purchase so quickly. Um, so what's ending up happening for these people that have these investments and these flips is that they're ending up holding these properties for a longer amount of time. And because of that, a lot of times flips are funded and financed through what's called a hard money loan. And a hard money loan is money that's loaned to purchase the house and then also fund um, the renovations too. Um, and sometimes it's with no money down or it's very little money down. Um, but on the flip side, um, no pun intended there, I guess, but on the flip side for the hard money loan, um, it has a very, very high interest rate. So it's starting to kind of kill some of these flippers because now they're sitting on the market and as they're sitting on the market, they're getting hit with this high interest rate. And the longer they sit on the market, the more interest they're having to pay. And by the time they do that, and not only are they having to pay the interest, but then they're having to pay for the house too as well. So right, remember you have the house. If you own the house, you got to pay taxes. You got to pay any type of bills there might be. Obviously, you know, if the house is empty, bills are not going to be that high. Um, but you have to do those types of things and you have to pay for upkeep if now we're hitting, um, you know, springtime, summer. So you got to keep the grass mode, um, keep the yard upkeep and uh, all those types of things. So, you know, it's interesting to see how that's uh, kind of taking a turn. And so I think that, you know, what's going to happen because of this is that, you know, a lot of people that were kind of, um, I guess, more on the amateur side of flipping, um, not necessarily saying, I'm not saying that people that are like just starting out and flipping um, are not good, but like the people that were doing the jobs more like on the cheap and amateur way, um, not necessarily getting the job done correctly and you know and there's a lot out there um, I, you know I've seen I see a lot of houses and you know I see a lot of flips especially in our area and you know there's good ones definitely where you know the job is done really nice everything's done the way it's supposed to be done um, but there's some where you know it looks like you know they're just throwing a band-aid on something um, and painting it like the, the trendy color and then um, putting it up for sale um, which is not necessarily the right thing to do because a lot of times too what you see is that you know a lot a lot of times in these flips i see a lot of times where they go do the inspection plugs are like not wired properly um you know the the wires are switched or something and um so or there's something going on with um you know something's being covered up by some drywall or something and uh it can be potentially not so safe um for potential buyers and you know it's really important um when you go into a house and you know that's gonna flip that you take extra extra look at all the little details um because you know things may be nice new shiny kitchens redone it's white cabinets um you know it's um the trendy thing and it's bright and everything but you need to look at the little things and that's you know you need to make sure that your inspector does that as well because uh, a lot of times they can cut corners on some stuff because remember at the end of the day the flipper is trying to make a profit so they're trying to do the renovation for as little money as possible um, but i think with this happening i think this will cut down on that um, because a lot of times what you see are these 
are people kind of just flipping houses maybe on the side and they're not necessarily totally invested into the business. Um, so that's maybe why they're doing it a little more on the cheap because they're not necessarily as familiar or I guess pay, paying attention to the job fully as they should be. Um, so it definitely, I think, will cut out a lot of that. Um, but I think that, you know, people that are doing it the right way um, and are making informed decisions when they do their investments, um, I think they'll be okay. Um, because, you know, a lot of times too, you're, you know, maybe you're inexperienced as a flipper investor and you're buying a property um, that you think might be good um, for whatever reason. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not in an area necessarily um, that's going to sell very fast or that's highly desirable. So then you end up sitting on the market longer um, and then you kind of get stuck. You end up losing some money. So if you're thinking about flipping as well, I would say definitely right now be super, super cautious. Um, study the market. Make sure you talk to an agent, get hooked up with somebody that knows that area that you're looking at um, and make sure you're making the best informed decision um, that you're doing and make sure you're planning, planning, planning beforehand um, so that you can execute and get on the market as soon as possible. Um, that way it'll limit the amount of time you're on the market and the amount of time you're holding onto the property and paying all those costs. Um, so we're going to go into our last break of the day. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Shivoni Associates, and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Toto, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. One zero seven seven the Bronx, one zero seven seven the Bronx.com. Live from the Clarny's Public House Studios. Welcome back to the Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Shiavoni and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. You can connect with me on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. I'll be posting more information about today's show and other real estate topics there as well. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um, if you have any questions about the show, any topics that you would like to hear discussed, um, just email me at kevin.lawton at coldwellbanker.com. And I'd be happy to answer them personally and also bring them up on the show um, for the benefit of all the other listeners too. Um, so we just discussed flips and how flips are changing a little bit in terms of what's happening and um, the money that's being made or the money that isn't being made anymore. So um, I just want to reiterate, you know, if you're thinking about getting into that, um, you know, on TV, yeah, it definitely looks super lucrative and very interesting. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes behind it and you really, really need to plan, um, and make sure that you have your plan lined out for the house that you're getting. Um, not only financially, but also in terms of the work that's going to be done, when it's going to be done and who it's going to be done by. Um, so you can get that house on the market as soon as possible. Um, you definitely want to work with a strong um, agent, uh, realtor, to help you through that and help you make um, a smart decision on purchasing as well. Um, so they can kind of give you um, an idea of you know what areas would be good to invest in. Um, they can give you data um, for those areas to see you know what's what are things selling for, and you know how have prices varied over the last six months to a year. Um, so you can kind of see and make a determination if you see like there's some growth there and definitely some demand there. Um, so, you know, speaking of data and information that 
a realtor agent can give you. Um, so someone actually asked me today um, if I could give them a home valuation. So I thought I would talk a little bit about that on the show. Um, so, you know, this person called me, um, actually, I guess they had uh, Googled and they they found me. Um, so that's a good thing for me. Um, but they found me, they called me um, and they had some questions about selling their home. So basically, they're unsure whether they want to sell their home or they want to keep their home. So um, they're not sure and they're not, they really have no idea how much their home is worth. So that's really the determining factor in whether they want to sell or they want to stay. So basically, um, and they're really unsure of how to go about all of that and what's entailed. So I'll explain to them and I'll explain to you guys. So uh, home valuations uh, for me definitely are a free um, service and it's something that um, you can't really trust like um, other home websites to give you an accurate estimate. Like you have um, Zillow's at this estimate and stuff like that. Um, that can give you like a ballpark maybe, but a lot of times that number can be very skewed because it depends where you live, right? Because you're looking at properties that are comparable and Zillow is basically working off an algorithm that's looking at homes that have sold um, in your area and your area depends on how they define it, but it could be very different um, especially where we are. So like in some parts of the country, you know, it's mostly communities and mostly developments. So there's a lot of houses that are very, very similar with small little differences. Um, here, there's so many different types of houses, especially in Burlington County, Mercer County, um, as we get out to like Chesterfield and stuff like that, there's so many custom built homes um, that there's not necessarily things that are as comparable. So you need to look at it um, more from a human element, I guess. Um, but you need to look at what's sold. And so when I go through it, basically I'll do what's called a comparative market analysis. And a comparative market analysis is taking your home, um, taking basically where it's located and then looking at the features of your home, such as like, you know, how many square feet is it? How many bedrooms do you have? Bathrooms? Um, you know, is there a basement? Is there a garage? Uh, are there any types of upgrades? How much property does it have? Um, all those different types of things. And we take that, put that into account. And then we start to look through the multiple listing service um, to see past history of what's been sold that's similar. Um, so typically I go back six months. Um, so what's been sold in the last six months, um, you don't want to go too much further back than that because it's going to give you, because within a year prices and values can change definitely. So six months is like a good amount of time to go back at the max. Um, anything closer is really more telling of where your value's at. Um, but sometimes there may not be um, any sales, um, that have happened, um, recently so you have to go kind of back further and in some cases you know you run into properties where they're incredibly unique and um, something like that does not come along very often so um, you have to go a little further back than six months just to get an idea of where the price range might be um, but sometimes it can be um, pretty interesting and a little difficult um, to analyze because you know you run into houses that are so much different than everything that's around it um, which is a note too, I guess, for, you know, if you're thinking about buying or selling, you know, it's not necessarily always the smartest thing to buy like the most unique or biggest house on the block, because then you kind of put yourself in a position where 
you know, you don't really necessarily know the value when it's time to sell. Um, but you also put yourself in the position where, you know, buyers look at everything that's around them and say like, well, you know, why is this house so expensive when all these other houses are going for like, say your house goes for 600 and all these other houses around they go for 450 so like why why is that why am i going to pay so much more for this house like it's in this area where things only sell for 450. um so when you look at the comparative market analysis then you start to look you start to find properties that have sold in the area um so really for us in this area um your market is not necessarily so a lot of times people think you know like we look at hamilton and we say oh you know like what's the market like in hamilton well there's so many different individual markets within Hamilton because Hamilton is so big, right? You wouldn't say that, um, you know, houses by um, the hospital are the same as houses that are over by Mercer County Park, right? You wouldn't value them the same um, because there's different amenities in terms of location um, and there's different um, schools, a highly rated school versus a lower rated school can affect the value. Um, so there's all different types of things like that. So you have to look at your individual market. So typically you're looking like within the neighborhood. Um, you know, when we get out to more of like the rural area, um, you have to open up a little more and see kind of what's in the town, depending on the size of the town. Um, but then we start to look at, you know, what's similar, um, what's around the same size, what has the same amount of bedrooms, um, the bedrooms are on the same size, is there similarities, does one have a garage versus not a garage? And then you start to break it down and look at the different amenities that each house has and how comparable are they. So then you find kind of your range and then you see, you know, what, what house um, is the most similar to yours? And then, you know, you, then you start to get into, you know, what type of finishes does the house have, right? Is the house upgraded with higher end finishes than the one that's most comparable? Does it have not as many updates as the other one? Um, those types of things. So when you start to look at that, that's when you start to hone in on price a little more. So typically that's how we go about um, valuing the house. Um, and really it's, uh, it's a process. I think sometimes uh, you get stuck as a seller and a homeowner um you just say like oh well you know i want five hundred thousand for my house um but you can't just kind of throw out a number out there because the market is going to dictate what the price is of the house right if you say i want five hundred thousand for my house but the house is worth 375 um you know nobody's gonna nobody's gonna buy it at that point people probably maybe won't even look at it um, and you do yourself a disservice by kind of overpricing. And I know that, you know, I run into people all the time where they say, well, you know, you know, if I put it at uh, 375 and then people are going to offer less and, you know, I say, well, you know, buyers are going to offer less, you know, real estate is known for negotiation, but you know, if you end up putting yourself too high, like say it's worth 375 and you go put 400, then you could be pricing people out, taking that out of people's actual searches for how much uh, dollar range they're searching for. And then you're losing this whole audience that actually um, is probably gonna end up at the price where you're at. And then you end up getting into having to reduce the price and all these things, you end up on the market longer. Um, so really you need to look at that value. And if the value, I'll say my advice, if the value is not working for what you need to net for yourself to move on to your next house or whatever may be your next step in life um then you really should wait um you know 
and you know i'm saying that and it's not necessarily good for business because then you know not everybody that i talk to is going to sell but you really should wait you need to do it when it's financially smart for you and you're just going to end up fooling yourself and sitting on the market for a very long time and be disappointed um so you really need to kind of look at it take um that attachment to your home away from it unemotional and really look at the facts and a realtor can lay that out for you um so if you guys are interested in getting your home value definitely reach out to me 609-439-1462 that's 609-439-1462 call or text is good um and this has been all for this week's real estate deal thank you to our underwriters coldwell banker shivoni and associates and brad zerby of gateway mortgage group we'll be back next week with more real estate deal only on 1077 the bronc and 1077 the bronc.com